Welcome to Co-op Mode. I'm Mike Espy. I'm Josh Ackerman. And I'm a Chris Lowe. I'm Ben Teed. Pushing my face together. Pushing your face together. And this is episode 32. And we are discussing, oh my, well, my. actually yeah, we're talk talking about, about the best of 2013. How you guys doing? Great. <laughs> it's cold. I agree. It's, we're, well, well, Chris, Ben, we are in the Midwest, whereas Josh is out in the West enjoying, you know, a nice sun and, you know, beaches and all that good stuff. Losing my balls off. Asshole. Yeah. It's going to be 80 tomorrow. What? It's wow. going to be 80 degrees tomorrow. Well, you are just one lucky dude. That's awesome. I, I, I'm very I jealous. think it's going to be 80 degrees here, like <laughs> Kelvin. That. <laughs> oh. So aside from the mist, the Midwest cold and in, in the Western sunshine, uh, we decided that we want to talk about 2013, highlight some of the key moments or our favorite moments, I guess you'd say. And so it's not just going to be your, you know, just favorite games. It's just everything that we could probably think of so it's gonna be a melting pot of uh stories to say the least so who would like to do the honors of going first and talking about some of the things and then we'll just go from wherever it doesn't matter we are very unstructured by the way if people didn't know but that's okay i can go first because what i want to talk about is very fresh in my brain Oh, I know, because you're... Yeah, mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, Chris Lowe, go. the black man, go first. <laughs> yeah, affirmative action on Jesus. that bitch. Jesus. <laughs> he is black. It's, I, just, I just stated it obvious. I'll take a coffee, black. <laughs> I, got, I got some cream and sugar in me, too. <laughs> sugar, right? Oh, man. All right, Chris. Jesus Christ, man. This is weird. This has got turned weird for me. I finally started Demon's Souls last year for the PlayStation 3 computer entertainment system. Okay. Um, I know I'm a little late to the uh, party on that one, seeing as that game came out in 2009. Is that long ago? Yes, 2009. Yes, the, the first, yeah, Demon Souls, where Dark Souls came out two years later in 2011. Demon Souls came out in 2009, like the fall. We're talking the same year that Uncharted 2 came out, so that's how late I am to the party. But evidently, a lot of people are late to the party because there are still people, you can still see other people playing that game. There are people invading my game and killing me. And, uh, yeah, it's... And being as it was a few months ago free on PlayStation Plus, I'm pretty sure that probably brought some new life into that game. But uh, it, it's that's a highlight for me last year because to kind of bring back something that was discussed in a couple episodes back that I wasn't on, you guys talked about Dustin Elysian Tale with our guest Malcolm Rogers. Brother Malcolm, I'm sorry I missed that conversation. Thank you, Malcolm, for being a part of the conversation. Anywho, Ben brought up the point about dying in games. And Demon's Souls kind of makes you think about death in a different way. 
know, people, you know, the PC version of Dark Souls was called the it was called Dark Souls Prepare to Die edition. And uh, I think what that implies is that the game is really hard, but really it's just about how important death is in the game. Like it's part of the gameplay. And so a lot of games like this is going back, but like when we first started playing games, like a lot of us, here, we first started playing games, the way death was dealt with is you had lives until you couldn't go any further and you had to put another quarter in the machine or something like that, right? So at, with home entertainment systems and game, games getting more cinematic and in some ways easier, death kind of became trivialized and it's kind of it was just kind of a weird experience. A lot of games you die and there wasn't really a lot of like any way to discourage you from dying or real any kind of real uh uh what's the word what's the word i'm trying to think of uh are you guys still there yeah, yeah I'm here. I'm, what's, what, what, i can't oh, okay. think of another word either otherwise i'd be helping you. yeah but yeah there's but in this game in dark in, in demon souls like not only is it a part of gameplay because i mean i'll just explain to you guys if you don't understand if you don't know or understand in demon souls um when you die you know you only have half health unless you wear like a ring or something that gives you some of your health back but so the only way you can bring yourself to alive again is to either beat a boss, which restores you to humanity, or there are there are items that you can consume, which you don't find many of that can bring back your humanity. The downside to being human is that's when you can be invaded by other players. So there is a, and you have to be in soul form to invade other people's games. And you have to be in soul form to summon other people in to help you. So, like, so it's a whole, um, a whole system around just death. And I, that's, I think that's really cool because for the longest time, I don't feel like many games have done much to sort of solve the problem of like how do you make death meaningful in a game. And in Demon Souls, they've totally found a way. It's a part of the gameplay. It's a part of the story too. Even like, there's a reason why you die and you come back as a soul. I couldn't tell you because the story is like way at the bottom of my list of things in that game as far as what I'm really engaged with. But um, and then like there's the whole aspect of like the difficulty, and it's a game where you truly most of the time when you die, it's it's either your fault or you're just not ready for that shit. And what's great is it's not like other games where, which, you know, linear games where, and I'll kind of explain the structure here. It's kind of like a, uh, there are five worlds in the game and then there's different levels in each world. The levels are interconnected. So if you're in world one, you, you go so far and you get to level two of that world and you just keep walking and you get to level three and there's like, like little arch stones that will take you back to the hub world between each level, and then in the hub world, you can go to the different worlds. So if you get stuck in world 1-4, because you can't beat this boss yet, then you can go out and maybe you haven't even touched world 4 at all, so I'll just do world 4-1 because I'm so powerful right now, I can just kind of walk through that and probably find some cool items that will help me in world 1-4. And that's a way, kind of a way to deal with the difficulty, where other games, it's kind of like if you get to a certain point and you're having an issue... You know, it's just power through it, figure something out, you know, cheese the game or something. You know, get that enemy stuck behind a wall. And then, like, a lot of... Nothing in the game is really explained very well, <laughs> which would annoy a lot of people. So, being that this is a game where people can invade you, and then people can also leave messages on the ground to help you, 
So, like, before a boss fight, somebody might leave something on the ground saying you should use flame attacks on this enemy or something like that. Like, the whole... the inter- It's a game where, like, the internet is important and the community around the game is important. So other games may get... Not necessarily broken, but, like, a developer may not have really meant for you to go on a fact and figure out how to do something, but this is a game that really embraces that and just incorporates it right into the game. So right. it feels very modern. And it's very telling to me when... I don't know if you guys saw the, saw the article online, but uh, I think it was Shuhei Yoshida, which is... Uh, he's one of the big wigs in Sony Computer Entertainment, made a comment about how... Um, the PS4 was inspired by Dark Souls. Like, the way that game is. Like, how they built the PS4 around the social aspect of the game was inspired oh, by Dark okay. Souls in many ways. I would like, say, that's interesting. I was going to say, like, how's Dark Souls inspiring the PS4? No, I guess the that's social aspect. Just... That's what I'm saying about you guys really need to see this game to really understand what it's about. I've seen, I've seen it streamed. And I just I find it I find the world, the environment, uh, very fascinating, but at the same time, I'm I'm not sure exactly like from a viewer standpoint. If I just hop, if I just watch somebody else play it, I'm not entirely sure like what the whole what the whole what's the whole point of the game? Like what's like, what's kind of guiding you? What's the catalyst for keeping you going? And... The point of the game is just to get through it. It's because it's challenging, and it, you'll feel like you've achieved something. Okay. Because it's a game that's it's it's like it is this is the part of the game. This is the part of the game that's like an NES game where it's like you have very little story to go along. Like maybe all you know is that you need to save a princess or something. <laughs> but but like you feel achieved because it's taking you actual like work and skill to figure out how to beat this game and like figuring out little weird quirks and shit like. There are things I've completely missed in this game, and like I can't tell you how I would have, how I could have actually figured, figured it out. Like, like there's a spell that I missed because the first boss I fought, I fought, I didn't know you could turn souls into spells, so <laughs> I wasted on because you can either turn demon souls into currency, or you can use it to like spells or upgrade weapons. Which I only found out just recently that there are souls that can upgrade weapons. And, like, the game in no way, it vaguely tells you that. You have to kind of pay attention to the little dialogue that's in the game sometimes. But it can be really easy to ignore because a lot of the dialogue is not very good and it's long-winded, so you just kind of want to skip it. <laughs> and the subtitles on because, and I don't turn subtitles on in games usually, but I turn it on because I'm not going to sit there and listen to these people because it takes them too long to talk, so I just read through what they're going to say and then I skip it. Okay, I would say it's like I was gonna say it's the uh, voice acting little uh, heavy, you know, uh, the accent little heavy on the heavy side, or is it just is yeah, it just it, long? It, it, it's heavy handed, except for um, for uh, blacksmith, uh, the blacksmith in the Nexus, who actually kind of has kind of a cool accent, but everybody else, fuck everybody they else. have a bit of dialogue and sound, <laughs> like this woman who's always talking about. Like, <laughs> the world bind, being binded and, and mended. And, like, every time I need to upgrade something, like, the the world must be mended. I'm like, shut the fuck up about the world being mended. <laughs> I have had enough of your shit. And uh. so it's because, like, I listen to a lot of people talk about what this game is. I watched quick looks online and stuff. But it doesn't make sense until you play it, really. 
you I, I I recommend everybody at least try it. I'm pretty sure Josh won't really like it. I'm on the fence about whether I think SB or Ben would even want to play much of it. I don't know. I, the only thing that 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 like that makes me think about like the only thing I know about the game is and I think this is before we were recording. Or I was talking about the dragon thing, and I think it was it was Dark Souls. But mm-hmm. like if it's if it's anything like that. And and the fact that the title's called Prepare to Die Edition, like the thing that's synonymous with it is the difficulty. Yeah. And the reason that's, why I, oh, go ahead, sorry. I was saying that's the thing. It's there's such a fixation on how difficult the game's supposed to be, and I'm telling you, like you've played harder games. You truly have played harder sure. games. Like Kingdom Hearts. Um <laughs> No I'll there's that this, hard. There's, there's this thing that uh, that I'm trying to figure out uh like what like why we play games i'm i've been uh watching the there's it's like a spin-off of of game show i forget what it's called i think it's called game theory or whatever but it talks about point yeah it talks about like why why we want to play games and stuff like that in particular and like i, I guess when i when i come when it comes down to it if if it, if it becomes too difficult like like a what i'm perceiving as difficult to be unfair in in a game like uh, Demon Souls or Dark Souls or something like that, that doesn't scratch the itch that I have when I play games that helps me uh, talk about um, uh, competency. The, the, there's three different tiers of, of why we play games, and some of us have more than others. And uh, there's a certain uh, itch that, that uh, the competency part of the tri-force of all this itches and like you know i i play a game and i I only have so much time per in my week to be able to play something like that so if i'm stuck at one part for so long and i'm not able to see like you know the world of the game and stuff like that it's one of the reasons why i don't really visit a skyrim or a fallout because i feel like i don't get to move through that world as quickly or as or as 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 possible but at the same time i I can sit there and admire how amazing those worlds are and how they're built and how the mechanics are and stuff like that it's just when i think about it i feel like i'm not i i feel i'm perceived when i play these games that i'm not competent enough to be able to have the patience capacity in order to withstand something like demon souls that now having said that Let's say someone picks Dark Souls or Demon Souls as a pick or something like that, and I and I and I'm forced to play it. I'll, I'll play it. Like I'll I'll gladly give it a try. I'm, I'll never say never, you know. Or I, hell, I may even enjoy it playing it. Who knows? Cause I, I can't say I can't really talk about it until I've tried. I guess. Mm-hmm. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's just the thing about the game is it. Lots of people have talked about it and said different things about it, and I think I agree with all of it to a certain extent. But it's not something that you can really understand. It's. I don't know. It's like I can't even think of an example of a movie where you just have to see it, and I can't really explain it. Like, Tree of I can't even think of an example. The fountain. Yeah, but but <laughs> yeah. When you play Demon Souls, you have an understanding of it. You, when you you can watch a Tree of Life and still not really understand it. Tree of Life. Okay. Yeah, that's I guess maybe the example I use would be The Matrix. Maybe like. I don't know if I could explain to somebody what The Matrix is. I think you just have to experience it for yourself, which was in the trailer. <laughs> he's like, he's I Larry, Larry Fishburne. <laughs> but uh, it, it's, I it's what you said there makes a lot of sense though, Ben. About like, what is your motivation to play a game? Because it's like, I think the reason why the reason why I don't think you or an SB might play much of it is that 
there's not much to the story or you have to really put in a lot to even get the story because the story is in like finding hidden characters or reading the descriptions of items and things like that. Right. Like Pompidou it is hidden one of those. in the game. And I appreciate it because I hate it when game when stories get in the way of the games. What I like about the game is I feel this way about how sometimes you watch a movie and you're, you're like, God damn, Thank you for just being a fucking movie. Like, that's how I feel about Demon Souls. I'm just like, goddamn, it's just, a, it's a fucking game. It's a video game, goddamn it. Like, I'm just <laughs> playing it. The few cutscenes that are in there are just to establish how th- that I'm about to fight this big scary thing, and then it's like, get on with it. It's not sitting there trying to explain things <laughs> yeah, to you. It doesn't you. matter so much why that dragon just flew in there. They just need to show a cutscene of a dragon just flying on the screen so that you have context for. The dragon you're about to fight, pretty much. It's but not fucking, even... if you look for yeah. it, you can find a story that would explain why that dragon is there, and you might care about it. Evidently, there's a lot of people out there who really care about the story in these games. Mm-hmm. Like, I I like that it's I like that there is context. Like how I feel about stories in games is that I just like there to be context for why I'm doing things. Even if I don't really understand it, I just I just like knowing that that there's a reason whether I understand it or not. But that's but the reason for me to play it is just the challenge of, of like figuring these things out, of figuring out the right combination of like I'm gonna use this spell and like and, and like it even the game even embraces things like bugs and like you really cheesing the game. Like there are ways that you've beaten games. Like if you play the original Tomb Raider you might have beaten the T Rex in one of the earlier levels by getting it stuck in the environment. Some ways, and that can happen in this game. But it's one of those things where there'll be a bug, right? But you know, question if it's a bug. Kind of like, how the hell can I stand underneath this doorway and just fire spells at this dragon until it dies? And like the developer didn't know that. And that's the thing is, I think they did know that. They just leave that stuff there because it's it's there for you to find these. Like, if you're not strong enough to take on this dragon, and like maybe you can use this dragon soul. Like, you don't perceive that it, as maybe bad design at all? No, because it's, because it's consistent in how... It's not a broken game, but it's consistent in how you can cheese things. Um, once again, it's one of those things that's hard to explain, why, why it works in this game but not in other games. Because I think in other games, they work against bugs, and, they're, and they just end up being there. But I think in this game, there's so much going on, like they have to embrace certain bugs that I think they even work some things around the bug. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It's not like a bug like this is a technical... This is like... It's not like a breaking fourth wall type of bug where it's like... It's not even necessarily like an enemy stuck in the environment. It's more like this this enemy is scripted to perch on top of this tower when I'm standing here, but it won't move even though I can attack it, and maybe they didn't necessarily intend for you to be able to attack it, but they, but once they found out that you could, they left it there so that you could find that and take advantage and exploit that if you can find it. Hmm. Makes sense in some way? Yeah. yeah. It's a hard game to explain, but, it, yeah. It, it's a game that you like. It's a game that you finally got to explore and heard all the, you know, the talk about, and I'm not sure if I'll ever get to it, just only only because, not because I have no interest, it's just because just nowadays with how my schedule is, it's I'm it's almost gotten to the point I'm bound to the list that we have for the show. It's it's just a, that's just how the, how it is right now. It's how busy I am. So which is unfortunate, but I do 
one of these days I still want to play it and experience these this difficulty, this challenge that people keep talking about. And after listening to you talk about it, my level my level of interest has has grown. So I'm I'm curious to see why it's one of those things is like you just have to play it and just experience for yourself. I'm all for it. I think everybody should give it a shot. Just I mean I'm all Someday, for it. Yeah. The, and the reason why I don't think uh Josh will like it is uh something was I can't remember what it was but in that dust podcast there was something that somebody said that really made me think something and oh yeah it was Ben when you mentioned that your first generation your first serious generation of games was the PlayStation N64 era which I'm sorry because I think that's kind of a a shitty place to start games not because not like not saying you did something wrong but you missed a lot of good stuff yeah I know and think you've been strangely informed on what games are supposed to be or at least what they were but i think the reason why you like playing some of these indie games is because they are heavily inspired by these older games but instead of older games which were made the way they were because they were working with what they had now games are intentionally designed around like 16-bit look or like i started playing fez and like all this sound and stuff is like it sounds better than a 16-bit game, but it, it invokes that, and it works in this world. Like it's their story based around being in a 2D world that's been turned in this 2.5D world. Like it's yeah. totally having fun. With that. I wonder. I wonder if uh, maybe maybe this maybe it's a little bit different now that I think about it. Because I go back. It's not like I didn't know what those games were like or hadn't played a Link to the Past or anything. Like, like I knew what it was or what it looked like. I wonder, though, if, it, if it's because the first time I've ever had a chance to actually sit down and enjoy a game. Because if that's true, then my first system would have been the Game Boy. So I would have known what it was like to have, like, a Zelda in my hands in order to play, oh, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Sure. So I, I guess I understood old, older mechanics, but at the same time, yeah, you're right. That, that really does kind of inform. You notice that the kids that grew up playing all these all these games that are designed like that are now designing games like that, but in a modern kind of way. That's exactly what... Demon Souls is doing, and and uh, Fez looks the way it does, and so like that. I wonder what it's going to look like in twenty or so years when the kids nowadays are going to be designing games, like what what those games will look like because they're informed by what we're playing now. I'm and seeing that. that's kind of what I was saying about Demon Souls, and that I think it solves a lot of Japanese issues because it is a game that, in some kind of ways, it's kind of like an old Japanese game, but I think it just finally is somebody giving some modern sensibility, incorporating some modern things to it. Like, it is a very old-feeling game, but with this whole social aspect of it, it's they can put things in there intentionally that are hard to find because you don't have to find... It's not like older Nintendo games where it's like you would get stuck on something for a month until Nintendo Power had a tip in there. Now you can just go on the internet and look at a fact, and the game embraces it. Like, it's a game where instead of trying to ignore that people are just going to put these things online it just embraces it and it hides these things because instead of trying to tell you how because what games used to have to do for a little while was, was and what a lot of games do do is tell you how to do these things where i feel like demon souls it manages to embrace an old style because all that information is available to you now i can't tell you like it is a game where you're gonna you, your instinct now is to play games that, try and look things up on game facts but i'm telling you if you feel the urge to do it in demon souls just do it because you should because that's what part of the game is 
Like, if you want to get a little bit of strategy on how to beat a boss, just look it up. If you want to know if you should save this demon soul because maybe you can get a cool weapon, please, just, just do it. Just do it. Nike. But just do it. to finish the point about, like, then you want to experience some of these older games, or at least in a modern sense, because you don't want to just go back and play older ones, because some, some of them are just really dated. <laughs> I think, Josh, I know that you started on a lot of 16-bit games. You played these games, but you don't seem to be as interested in them as you once were. And I think you've just kind of moved on past it. I'm trying to think of the game, like, specifically that I was really into in this 16-bit era, and not a large percentage of them are the, like, traditionally, like, uh, you know, beloved 16-bit games of that era. You know what I mean? Like, the really highly revered ones. What did you um, like? I was into a lot of this bullshit that, you know, I thought was fun. Like, I played, like, I don't know, I played, like, Maximum Carnage, the Spider-Man game. Yeah! Like, I, uh, uh, like, I played, uh, I mean, I played, like, Road Rash. Like, I would just play random shit. I would play... Road Rash is not shit. No, no, I mean, that's it's still a decent game, but it's not like, you know, when you're, like, talking about, like, the, the greats of 16-bit. Yeah. Yeah. Road Rash, dude, Road Rash was the top. You know, I mean, it's yeah. like, it's Road Rash. You're beating people with a chain and driving motorcycles. Uh, Street <laughs> Fighter, I played Street Fighter a lot. Oh. Um, you know, obviously I played Mario, but um, it was just a lot of really random stuff, and, like, not a lot of them were, like, your Final Fantasies or your... Um, I didn't get into Final Fantasy until Final Fantasy X on PlayStation 2. You know, and really, you know, I never played Metroid. Never played, uh, you know, any of the Metroidvania games, as we call them now, um, back mm-hmm. when I was that age. So, I don't know. I guess I guess some of those mechanics and those uh, play styles, um, in some ways, that, you know, uh, bring those difficulty levels with them, I didn't really experience. I mean, Mario is hard as shit, actually, if you, if you go really back is. and... Comparatively to games that you play now, yeah. uh, that's a pretty damn hard game. Most of those, but anyway. So yeah, I mean, Tom, you didn't just move on. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I did and I didn't. You know, I mean, I I don't know that I would tolerate some of those difficulty levels even in like Mario today. I would probably pick it up and play it and go, oh, this is kind of fun, and then I would like throw it go across the room after a while because. <laughs> And there's just so much more stuff to do. Like, when you were that age, like, what are you going to do? Like, you're going to go outside and ride your bike, get bored, and come back in and play again, you know? Because you only have, like, five games to play. Because it's super tender. It's not like there's a ton. That's how, that's how my Nintendo collection was. It was just, like, I had a very small library. And I was like, well, I'll go outside for a little bit, folks. And then I come in and play some Mega Man. That's that's, that's all. <laughs> I, that's what I did. Yeah, Mega Man. I played that, too. Good stuff. So, Josh, let's... um. What what's going on about what was what did you like what did you pick up on from last year what did you did you do you have like a list of things from 2013 favorite moments favorite sure games I do. sure I do oh he know. does he's got a list he's checking um, twice kids yeah, oh, yeah. I, I did ooh, I did like a, a top five games oh nice 2013 and then I did oh, nice. like my fa- my favorite game uh, that I played for the podcast of last year. Oh, nice. Oh, Ooh, I shouldn't even think about that. As they all so start writing it down. That I played at the podcast, and this is a game that came out in 2012, and that is Journey. Yeah. And, I like your style, sir. <laughs> and that that's a game that, um, looking at our list, 
I think at the beginning of, of uh, 2013, I never would have guessed would have been my... I was going to say, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an indie game, and that's really, that's cool for me, because it's not something that I'm usually um, the most pumped about when we play games. Um, I, I've warmed up to them because of Journey and because of Bastion um, and games like that that I, that I really was surprised by. Um, but man, what a special game that is. It's really cool. I bought flower because of that game too. And I've been enjoying that. No shit. Are yeah. you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Did you buy a PS4 version? Yeah. That's beautiful. Oh, oh man. Oh, man. Oh, I'm so excited it's to really, hear that. It's a I'm beautiful so excited game. to hear that. Um, you know, I agree with you. I think that is one of the best games we played this last year. It's really, what's great about it is it's just... It's like the core of the gaming experience. Like there isn't a lot of, there isn't a lot of like external mechanics that you normally get wrapped up in with, you know, shooting or like, you know, enemies and all that stuff that can make games good. But it's, it's, I mean, it's down to like the emotional response that you have when you're playing through a game. And uh, even when you're experiencing a, a really good story or like a story that you really connect with on an emotional level uh, in a movie or a book or anything like that, that's the sort of experience that you have when you play Journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's really that cool. That is profound. That it down. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> I mean, it, it, well, I mean, no, the statement he made, it, it boils it down to some, some like, to, to a couple basics. I mean, I... It didn't even occur to me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the it's the core of that experience and the core of why we like games. I think. So, uh, I mean, how can you not love that? I think it's it's really cool. And on top of it, it had a really beautiful soundtrack and and uh, the art direction was really phenomenal too. So. Well, Josh, I will I will second that notion to. too, man. Uh, that's that was something well, I want. To... <laughs> I'll mention that that was on my list too. Uh, for like the best in 2013 was reviewing that game and that was my favorite that we reviewed and I will tell you I I, I want to, I'll, I'll, I'll continue I'll let you continue on but I'll just say it's one of those games that I really have the experience of like it, it gives you that same emotional impact as the first time you played it I probably played that game maybe like at seven times all the way through and it's still that same feeling as the first, it's, as if it was the first time I played it over and over and over again that to me is just like i don't know how it does it i think i think you nailed it man like i i get so wrapped up i'm emotional in it and the music the art direction everything about that game is just absolutely wonderful uh i just can't i just can't say enough good things about it so but yeah i agree sir yeah it's it's captivating i mean i think it it's full of really brilliant choices that aren't obvious too like uh you know not including voice work yeah um i it's really a smart choice to let the the soundtrack and and just uh, the atmosphere be that character, you know. Yeah, I so. agree. And if you think about it, the the social aspect behind it is that you can't really t- you can't really uh, communicate per se with another person. You just have these little chimes. I'm not sure if they were even really intentional for communication, but they worked as a form yeah. of communication. And the best part of the game, this is a it's a nice it's a nice spoiler, I'll say that. But by the end of the game, if you stay through all the credits, you actually see the people that you played with and they're all different people from 
all over the world, I imagine, all over the country. And it completely blew me away because there were times I felt like I was playing with the same person and I wasn't. And, and, I, and I just – I was like, what? That's that's so awesome. That's a journey within itself and it's just – that game says it all right there. It's a, it's an ex- excellent experience. People, if you, have, if you own a PS3 and if you not play this game, why the fuck haven't you? Seriously. Pick, pick it, it up. up. Pick it up. Okay, continue on, Josh. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I guess I'll start with number five then for my 2013 list. Um, and number five is going to be Grand Theft Auto. Oh. Five. Oh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm just amazed. So <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, uh, for obvious reasons, terrific game uh i don't know if i want to go into too much detail but the heists are really the highlight of that game for me i think they're really really uh well done uh the ability to switch between uh the characters on the fly is actually a really cool mechanic i I wasn't sure how that was going to play out when i was reading about it initially but uh it, it works really well you know having said that i'm ready for them to go in a different direction i think with the next one um I think that, uh, you know, they did enough different in this one to make it quite justifiable and, and still a really great ride. Uh, I'd love to see them do something different next time, though. I think that uh, it, it needs a, a bit of an overhaul. But um, great game. definitely uh, worth playing through, and that's number five for me. Awesome. Did number you finish four. it? Did I finish it? Uh, yeah. Not all the way. <laughs> I'm like really close to the end, and I just haven't. I got preoccupied with my PS4. Understandably so. (laughs) Okay, continue on. Yeah, number four. Uh, Number four is DMC for me. Oh no shit! I believe a game on our list. Sitting on my hard drive, ready to play. Yeah, I'm excited. I was gonna say uh, I traded it in, but now it's free on PSN, and I just downloaded that and Bioshock Infinite, and then I'm just gonna get rid of my Xbox Bioshock Infinite because, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, but it was a really good game. I was really uh, looking forward to it after I played it at E3 uh, the year before last, Uh and. I think they did a terrific job with it. I don't think that anyone had any cause to be alarmed uh, with the different direction that Dante took. Uh, I, I thought it was pretty cool. And did you um, play the original? I'm sorry, did I play the original? Yeah. Yeah. The first the first uh, Devil May Cry I, I played the shit out of, actually. I love that game still. Good. I was drawn to it from the beginning. Like I, just, I was really into Metal Gear at the time, Metal Gear Solid 2 especially. I don't remember if that came out right before that or after that. Uh, Devil May Cry came out in October. Metal Gear Solid 2 came out in November. Boom. I knew they were really close. I know so, this because 2001 is like one of my biggest gaming years ever. Oh, yeah. I was just like double fisting it. Like I just remember vividly like <laughs> just going back and forth. Like which game do I beat first? And, GTA uh, 3 came out that year too. Just to... Oh, wow. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, that, that adds up. It was a big year for PlayStation. Anyway, really good game. We'll talk about it more in depth uh, on the podcast, but mm-hmm. good stuff. Number three, and you guys. Uh, oh, is made... that on the list? What's that? The only prize on is that on our list? Yeah, we're, yeah, that... we're gonna be playing it. Yeah, it is. It's my pick. Good. I have a good excuse to play it then. Yeah, <laughs> it's good, man. Like the the way that your weapons uh, like change on the fly and like morph are, are pretty cool in the middle of combat. 
I played the demo when they had and it originally came out for the PS3 and I gotta say, dude, like I was fucking hooked and it's just the invi- the atmosphere with the music too. Ugh, I, I, I just yeah. can't I can't wait. I seriously cannot wait to play that game. It's rad. It's rad. Number three is Tomb Raider. What? <laughs> yep. That sound is in my head floating all over the place. Yep. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yeah, uh, I is... say that in all honesty. That game is fucking. <laughs> cool. I'm uh, not, you know what? You know what? You know, I'm not surprised that it's on your list because it's a fucking good game. Yep. But like, I don't know. I just, I. I if you were if if we were to sit here in 2012 or some shit and and you were like <laughs> and we and you just said something like oh Tomb Raider in the future Tomb Raider will be on my top on like my number two on my list what <laughs> yeah I would never believe you either because uh, <laughs> I thought the trailer looked cool but I was like another fucking Tomb Raider like are we really do we really need this right now. And you were one of those I just, that, that, I just that... did not see it being near. Like, and I was I was talking to Espy uh, the other day on Skype, and uh, I was like, dude, like I started playing that, and I was sick, so I had like uh, most of a week to just like play through it uh, off of work, and like I said to myself at least six times while during playing this, I was just like, I cannot believe how fucking good this game is. Like, th- this is not, this should not be happening right now. Like, this game is so, so good. It's got no business being this good. It has zero business. uh, Bow and arrow uh, mechanics, I think, in the games this year. There's a lot of bow and arrow stuff, and I thought this one had the best. Top five bow and arrow games. Top five bow and arrow mechanics. probably (laughs) could do that this year. There was a lot of bow and arrow crap. Or sequences, really. Yeah, uh, we're throwing Far Cry 3 into that, because that was late 2012. You know what? Honestly, now that I think about it, and and I'm kind of going (laughs) through the mechanics of the game and stuff like that, I'm honestly not surprised that, that... that you liked it because of how much you were uh, channeling, um, or how much it was channeling, and how much you were championing uh, Unchart- the Uncharted games. And it's got yes. a lot yeah. of big similarities in it, but it's not. I mean, it, it, it takes those mechanics and changes them a little bit. Yes, absolutely. It, it, it does everything so well. I mean, just like the quote-unquote, I don't know, I, the, the free-running, the jumping and climbing and stuff like that is done really, really well. Um, they throw in, in my opinion, just the right amount of set pieces where shit is flying at you and, you know, you're dodging things and getting out of the way just in time and, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, it's a ride, man. It is intense. The cinematography is awesome in it, too. You know how the cinematography, like, at times in an Uncharted, you're just like, whoa, this is really cool because they just, like, you know, it's a chase scene or whatever. They pull it to a really crazy angle or something like that. I mean, they take that to the extreme in this game, and it really works well. Hats off to whoever the uh, director of, I guess there's director of photography for games, probably. Jeez. Whoever that guy is, it's really good. Tremendous. Really, really good. You know, on some level, we really shouldn't be surprised about how good this game is because it's developed by Crystal Dynamics. I don't know if you guys know or are familiar with Crystal Dynamics. They make making really good games for a really long motherfucking time. What's another uh, big franchise with theirs? Oh, God. The Legacy of Cain franchise. Um, I know what that is. but now I, d- I just said that. Now I can't think of anything. But Good job, Chris. Um, yeah. <laughs> the ga- 
Knicks games from PlayStation 1. <laughs> oh, come on. Are you serious? Oh, wow. But, I mean, okay, maybe they're not all, like, great games, but they are talented, and they are, and they have people who've been making games for a long time. So it's like, you know, I'm surprised by how good it is, too. I haven't finished it. I'm not even close to finishing it, but, like, I'm, I was surprised, too, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's got its downfall. I mean, you know, there's some puzzles that are kind of dumb and... Actually, and it's not yeah, a Tomb Raider <laughs> And it's not really a Tomb Raider game, but that's fine. It's, it depends on how you define a Tomb Raider game. I mean... A game where you raid tombs. There are tombs you can raid. They're just <laughs> mostly... Uh, they're not... They're optional, aren't they? Yeah, they're they're optional. You don't actually have to go in them, but like the game's kind of better when you do, because it's like you're going off the beaten path and you're exploring and stuff like that. But at the same time, you have like these gorgeous environments and these puzzles to figure out. Yeah, the controls are really tight and nice. I guess it's. I I kid. I I don't begrudge it anyway for not having more to Her acting and stuff like that in it is really really well. Yeah. It's good. I don't think they had to call it Tomb Raider. They could have called it Lara Croft and the Something of the Something or something like that, but... I don't fucking care. It doesn't matter. I mean, that's... <laughs> it's, it's, like, the game is just it's tremendous. It's really good. <laughs> Josh is like, I don't give a fuck, man. It's just that's a good game. Though, about number one. <laughs> I'm sorry, Pig Demons. I don't... I don't honestly, and the one of the reasons I don't... What? Sorry, you cut out, you cut out really bad right there. Is this Tomb Raider... Oh, was it? Yeah, you can, can hear me now. Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. Uh, Tomb Raider games, at least review-wise, and I haven't really like been following them and or playing them or anything like that for a lot of years. But what I could tell, they started getting shitty, and just the quality started going down, and they were just like, "Yeah." See, I'll I'll say like the franchise has been personally for me. I played quite a few, like like the first couple Tomb Raiders. They're very lackluster, even though that was during the like the really big polygon phase, like the PlayStation polygon, the really big polygonal boobs that Lara Croft had, that Lara Croft had, and all that stuff. But I mean, still, it's they weren't that to interesting. fair to PS One, to like all PS One games. I think the vast yeah. majority of PS One games, like don't hold up very well but 3d like polygonal games there are very few of them that actually hold up especially ones that have sequels now like if you go back and try and play the older ones you just yeah i I have no desire no it's like you know i love to meet some cypher filter but i doubt i'm going to go back and play one of those and really enjoy it let's go with number two josh let's let's get let's get this shit on a roll you did tell us number two no, that was number three. Oh, fucking! Okay, now I wish I had done a top five list. I didn't know we were. I didn't know he was gonna do one. <laughs> so, Josh, what's your number two? I'm curious. Uh, it's Bioshock Infinite. Oh wow! I'm not surprised. I shouldn't be surprised. Wow. See, it's, it's I'm really surprised that you think that game's better than any game. of those other games. <laughs> really, really good game. You are surprised? No, I'm sorry. Keep going. Sorry, <laughs> you are not. He is surprised that you chose Bioshock Infinite oh, okay. over those games. Anyways, uh, no, it's just a really good game. I mean, 
Um, it met pretty much all my expectations of it, which were quite quite high. Uh, graphically, it's one of the most impressive games I've seen on the well now last gen consoles on the Xbox 360. Uh, it, it looks beautiful. The art style is really really gorgeous. Um, the the art direction and everything, of course, as it's a Bioshock game, so it's really really cool. It's like got this. Uh, sort of nouveau style to the buildings and everything like that and it's just really interesting the way that the environments are I mean you're in like a cloud city so I mean it's badass and uh, it could be literally a cloud city skyhook are are really fun to use the skyhook's really fun to use you're basically just like you know using this hook to shoot yourself around on these like roller coaster tracks all around the city like in the sky and um, jumping from track to track while you're shooting and using your powers and stuff like that. I mean, it's badass. So I had, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, I had a lot of fun exploring the different areas and, uh, you know, collecting uh, all the different powers and stuff like that because there's just a really good balance of of different powers and weapons and items and everything like that as, as it were, was in the uh, original Bioshock. And that's uh, that won a lot of Game of the Year just when it came out. So... Quite a game, that game. Quite a game. I'm excited to play it again for the show. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what's yep. your, what's so, so uh, numero yep. uno? I'll move move quickly on to numero uno. Uh, the Last of Us. That's probably not much of a surprise. Uh, the Last of Us is uh, really not a surprise. Uh, no, um, you know I, I've <laughs> most publications are picking Last of Us as their game of the year and. Uh, if you play through it, you'll know why. It's uh, it's just a game. yeah, it's a game that connects with connects with me anyway on an emotional level that most games can't. Um, it's not quite the same way that Journey did. It's it's in a different way. It's more of a, a human way, I guess. You really connect with the characters and stuff like that. But this is the first time that I felt like I met the first time. But uh, it's one of the first times, at least, that a, a game story has really impacted me in the same way that uh, a movie has before. Oh, wow. And really, really caused me to stop and think, and go, wow, that's just, that was brilliant. And, uh, you know, I mean, there's some really just emotional moments uh, on this journey that uh, just make you stop and, you know, you choke up a little bit because it's just so, um, you know, it's so heavy and you're so invested in the characters and, uh, you know, the game is really beautiful. Again, this is another one that really pushes the the hardware to its absolute limit. I don't think you can squeeze much more out of uh, the PlayStation 3. And uh, it's, it's too. phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, it's Naughty Dog. I mean, uh, you got to expect a hell of a lot out of them and I can't wait to see what they do on PlayStation 4. I, mean, um, I, I have a feeling that oh Uncharted game is right around the corner. I mean, they've been pretty reputable but, uh, since, you know, PlayStation 1 with, you know, Crash Bandicoot and, you know, throughout, you know, PlayStation era. And I I don't know. Have they ever really made a bad game that you can think of? Um, Let's see. Well, I mean, like for anything, whole... like, like, they did, like not huge things before crash bandicoot like even like i think a nudie game but uh <laughs> nudie game but like as far as like their like the games that they're known for like no they they have a pretty was it mo captured like, 
Huh? Was it mocap? Uh, no, this is like MS DOS. No, game. of course I know. I'm just... <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, uh, we'll we'll talk more about that game. It's it's on the list. Uh, we'll go into some, some detail on it because it's really a profound game, and it's going to have to be. We're we're going to have to have a, a substantial spoiler section because what needs to really be talked about in depth uh, has to do with the story and the ending and and just uh, you know what transpires between Joel and Ellie. And uh, it's, man, it's something else. I mean, it's, it's, it's a game I will never forget. And it's, and it's awesome that we're playing in kind of like a chronological order that the games came out since last of us, didn't last of us come after Bioshock infinite. So we're we're playing Bioshock infinite, then (laughs) the last of us. So, Oh, that's so weird. They know that. Yeah, we are. Both of the Troy Baker games. Where he leads, where he has to help a girl through something. We're playing back to back. Yep. <laughs> True. You guys yes, know the characters are. from both those games are voiced by the same dude. Troy yeah. Baker. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And, I know that. Yeah. He's this year's Nolan North. And he's the voice of the <laughs> and he's the voice of the Joker in the Batman Arkham Origins. Daddy is. Which blows my mind. Still. Guys, but guys had a busy year. We yeah. got those are those two games plus Walking Dead. You're a, you're a, you're an older man leading a little girl through something. Wow, yeah. Holy it's like shit. two different games. Wow, wow. <laughs> I just didn't re- I just realize that. Thanks, Ben. That was like an epiphany right there, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, Josh. Well, there you go. You voice by Trey Baker. I always lo- I want me I always want me some Baker. Oh yeah. I don't know. What oh, the fuck? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, thank you for your list, dude. That's awesome. And uh, I'm looking. I actually, I do have Tomb Raider uh, downloaded uh, from Pete from Steam. I got, a, I got a good deal on it. It was like ten bucks good. on a Steam sale. So one of these days, I'll get to it when we're not busy. Ben Teed, Ben. Yeah. What do you have for 2013? I love you, by the way. Uh, I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I like you, like uh, you. Um, what, so we, we can do whatever, we're just, whatever we wanted from 2013. Yeah, man. It's like, well, it's, it's our own damn fucking show. We don't have any specifics. It's just like, right. what you like from 2013? So, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, a lot of the things that I got really super excited about in 2013 was, uh, a lot of the diff- was a lot of the different, uh, announcements coming out for the Steam platforms. But the more and more we get kind of started with 2014, the more and more I get less excited about it. Um, not for any particular reason. It, like no one's doing like Valve's not doing anything wrong, or or anything like that. It's my my, my perception of what I thought was going to happen. I, I think a lot of us had expectations about what Valve was going to be doing. Yeah. And then and then immediately switching on that. I'm not going to spend too long on on this subject because honestly I don't have much to say other than I just think that they're setting up uh, the the recent uh, announcement that that uh, they're going to be updating their Steam machines. Or the Alienware in particular, once every twelve months. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, it's like a council. Oh, I didn't hear that part. Yeah. Yeah, they said that they'd be they'd be upgrading it once every twelve months or something like that. Which which to be honest, it, I, I'm sure it turns off people that that are interested in buying like console versions and stuff like that. I guess the whole point is though, when when I think about this, is that at the end of the day, it's really just it's a PC game. It's a it's a it's a it's a uh, a living room PC. It's still a PC. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not surprised oh. at all that, that it's getting that many updates. and that's getting a computer. Yeah. It's kind of anti-PC. What's, I'm sorry. What, what did you say before anti-PC? I was saying it's a linear computer. I wouldn't... It's... When I think PC, I think Windows. I'd say it's definitely anti-PC. Yes. Well, you hit on, you hit on it right there, and that's kind of where my sh- very short... I'm trying to keep this short, very short point on that this this valve is something happened like a long time. Well, nothing. We know what happened. Just anytime you try to run a game in Windows, there's stuff going on in the background, and there's all sorts of stuff that Windows any any Windows uh, OS will be doing certain things that will keep the processing power of the computer all running towards that game. For the most part, obviously systems have to be on in the background and make sure everything's okay and whatnot. But at the same time, uh, Valve and, and maybe and maybe other developers, who knows, have been finding it more and more have been finding it harder and harder to develop for the Windows platform. And if they had their druthers, would completely get rid of Windows altogether in a gaming way. I think this is their first step in a very long line of steps in order to make that happen. I, I don't know what that has to do with us. It, it, in the now, it probably doesn't because I'm still going to be buying all my games and playing them on Windows. I really have no no reason to play games on Linux at, Linux at this time. But there may, there may come a day when it's just easy enough for me to buy a new machine, have it in my living room, which is honestly where I prefer to play my stuff is off of my couch watching my television. I don't necessarily like to sit at a desk. Um, but if I were to, if I was able to play off everything off of the couch and with my television, I think I would, but, but having a system that would only play your games and only be able to do the certain things and, and, and that be your, your, your living room PC Mm -hmm. that doesn't run windows and is, has an operating system that's perfect for use for that controller or a newly developed controller. Valve's got a lot of different. They got they what they're going to have to do now is is uh, try to get a lot of developers on board to develop for Linux and for this machine and stuff like that in order to make these things uh, uh, usable. Because I think that's their number one priority. Is I mean, of course, it's to make money and to and to sell games and stuff like that and to get people to buy these machines. But honestly, they're not they're not even making they're not even making their own machine. They made their own controller. They've kind of left it up to a lot of these. PC makers to make these machines. I really just think that they're... How do you feel about them not, like, investing in hardware themselves? It makes sense. I mean, they, they're not... They're, 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 they're not that kind... That's not their bag to make, to make, uh, to make a console or something like that. And the, the point they're is not to, to make a... Software. A, yeah, they're, they're a software maker, but at the same time, they're, they're okay. very, they're very good at trickling in um at first like all these they like this is good this isn't going to happen overnight i think over time this this uh this infatuation of of stabbing microsoft in the heart <laughs> repeatedly is gonna is eventually going to uh get rid of them as a as like a leading pc uh, uh operating system and that uh, steam, steam, I don't think that's gonna steam would lead the charge i i think one day we might see that go i really do i think that okay so like my problem with that is one like i think one i i I think that it's a business decision for them to be so kind of like we're doing this because we don't want to deal with windows but i think it has more to do with 
Now, yeah, there is an inherent problem in not necessarily developing for PC, but on using an operating system that's built to do multiple things. And they're trying to solve a problem which I think was already solved with game consoles because there have already been computers that were basically game machines. You have like Commodore 64s and things like that that were computers that basically all you did on them was play games. Yeah. Like... These problems have already been solved. I think. I, I, now, I, I'm not saying they're trying to reinvent the wheel. I, I think it's a new set of problems that they're trying to. I don't even know that's necessarily a problem. I think what they're trying to do is a business decision. But I don't think that they're in the. I one. I think these games are still going to be developed for Windows because Steam is not the only. No, like I said, that's not going to. They're happen. growing, and I think. I think. I think the jury's still out on what if how good Steam is actually is for the video game industry. Like, I don't I, like. Yeah, we see these sales numbers and we see these sales and they sound great, but I don't know if this is all necessarily great for the game industry because is it great for the game industry for these games to be sold so cheap or for people to hold out when they know something's going to be cheap? I don't know yet. I can't tell you. I really don't know. But, like, the other question is... Even cheap, they're still making money off of it. Like... They wouldn't make if they kept selling it at at a higher price. Or at at regular price. I also wanted to point out, too, I didn't want to confuse you in saying that they're going to completely, you know, pull out of using Windows. They would never do that. Just like they would probably never release whatever next game that they're planning to make. Let's say they make a, a Left 4 Dead 3 or a Portal 3 or something like that. They wouldn't just release it on their new Steam box and only their new Steam box, and you, the only place you can get it. They would never do that. They would never want to hold a game inside their own inside of their own uh, box and never let it go. They want to sell as many copies. Everyone wants to sell as many copies as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't think that I don't think that they're going to alienate the millions and millions and millions of customers that have Windows. I just think if they had their druthers, pretty much what's going to happen over time is people are going to start slowly going towards them or other living room PCs or different ways that we play games. They're slowly going to get rid of so that you no longer have to use an operating system like Windows in order to play your games. Pretty yeah. soon you have your own custom made or you, Steam has offered their own custom uh, version of, of an operating system that can run your Steam games, the ones that you love. Now, honestly, obviously... There's very few on them right now because it's it's Linux and only a few games can run on Linux. But over time, that may change. More they're having their uh, developers conference either this week or last week, um, where they're having a bunch of uh, and it's no press there, nothing. They're having their their all their uh, developer friends pals come in and you know having seminars about you know all these things about how to learn how to develop for Linux and stuff like that. Now that that's another problem too. Is oops, sorry. That's another problem too. Is that it's Linux and like you know, it, you get, it's another learning curve or another step. But I think they're just they're at their wit's end about uh, about Microsoft uh, and their and their operating system, Windows eight and Windows seven, and they just haven't been happy for a while about it. See, that's 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 what I'm saying though. Is I, I think that I don't think they're really having this many issues with Windows. I think that that's all just a rhetoric that they've chosen to take on purely for for business that mm-hmm. like why would they do this when windows exists i think they're doing it to be kind of more self-sufficient i don't think they have necessarily have a problem with the windows other than they don't make windows do you get what i'm saying yeah no that makes sense you're absolutely correct 
Steam, I mean, Steam has base has become a platform for games, and in many ways, it's a lot like <clears throat> PlayStation or Xbox, and that those are their own platforms with their own operating systems that don't rely on. Well, Microsoft relies on themselves, but Sony doesn't rely on Microsoft, but Steam relies on Microsoft, and that's just an having Steam could be is another avenue for them to make money. I don't think this is about some. Like some sort of like benevolent desire to make gaming like better because of Steam OS. Like I don't know that it'll necessarily make it better or easier. So far, I don't see how it's a whole lot different for people who already like PC games. Other than you know they they have to find this machine instead of building it, they they're gonna buy it pre-built, which you can already buy pre-built PCs. And, uh, Honestly, it just sounds it just sounds confusing. It sounds like it'll be confusing to people. And right, now, I mean, you already said it. There's a lot of wait and see on this. We don't even know what a lot of lies. Well, yeah, happening. I doubt even Valve knows what's what's ahead. They're just gonna like but, put this out there, see how people react to it, and then they're gonna react to that. Exactly. Which, which I think is part of why they're not spending their own money on hardware because yeah. I don't know. I don't think they have a lot of faith in this yet. Which it's fine. It's easy for them to pull out at this point. It's smart not to put all your eggs in one basket. It's it's smart Um, to some people have to do it. You know, the year though, and kind of keeping it in the context of like 2013, we I kept thinking along with a lot of other people, like thinking that oh they're making their own console, oh they're going to be able to do their own thing, they're going to enter the console, you know, kind of I hate to call it console war, but uh, I mean that's essentially what we're talking about. But I I, you know, and I look at the comments um, that Josh made. Uh, earlier about how like you know it, it, I'm, I'm not I, I don't know I don't, I don't want to paraphrase anything that he says I'm, I'm afraid to like oh, say anything or say anything for him but like it's one of those things where I, I could tell just by his comments Josh has like no interest in anything Steambox related or anything like that and that's okay like I don't think that's for him I think that's a lot of the things that like a lot of people that are console or, or living or oriented they have their consoles they have their ability to do that kind of stuff this is for these and, machines will be for different kinds of of uses in terms of like being able to get your uh, your your uh, it, more indie PC titles in the living room rather than rather than those big AAA titles you'd normally get on a console. Sorry, you're gonna say something. No, I was just gonna say, and and you know what, I, I, I that's the thing though is I think Valve has to convince a lot of people why this is a good idea because. It's like we're talking about a machine that you're probably going to put in your living room that's going that's you know on the low end of what was announced was what like 700 for like the cheapest thing yeah. it's like so the reason why part of why a lot of us are so willing to spend so much money on a PC is why because you do more than play games on a PC right when i build an expensive PC it's going to be because i'm also going to edit on it I'll do. I'll, I'll use Adobe on it. I'll do a, all kinds of shit. It's not. Do I want to spend like. There's okay. a reason why the PS4 and the Xbox One don't, you know, are, are 400 and 500 and not 600 or 700. Is because nobody will buy that shit. There are. Uh, people so there. the question is, okay. are enough people gonna buy a Steam box? There are. You know some, what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I do know what you're saying, and I agree with you, and I'm with you on that. Like, I'm, I'm saying that, yes, I wouldn't buy 
Uh, I'm uh, saying they might. I don't see, know yet. But there are some people out there who would buy just a, a living room PC gaming console. Like, that's their only purpose for it. Or they would have streaming purposes or, or game streaming or, or like, Netflix of some sort. You know what I mean? Like, they, they use it as their, 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 their living room PC as an entertainment center. They're not going to use it for editing or anything like that. Like, that is a desk. That is a desktop PC. Uh, and I think most people are just going to buy a PS4 or an Xbox. Box one because they're cheaper and they already and they look a hell of a lot better than what I already have. 2014, I agree with you. Yes. However, especially over time, got getting back like launch sales for both of these consoles have been they sold, huge. Yeah, Xbox One and, and PS4 both sold really well. PS4 even more so. Um, I do think though that over time it's going to evolve. It's going to change, and something's got to give. And I think eventually they may actually enter that. Entered into that place where um, it'll evolve out. Benty, yes. Why don't, you, why don't you let's let's get past the Steam OS? I I'm, I'll just say this. I'll say this quick thing that I was with you. That was on my list because 2013. I was really excited for this whole Steam OS, Steam Machine aspect, and now coming in further into you know, even though it's early 2014. Hey, my level interest has died down as well. And so. I'm never an early, I'm almost never an early adopter for any of that crap. Like uh, even even the uh, the PS4 and Xbox One, I never I I knew that even if something was announced in twenty in 2013, I wouldn't be picking it up this year anyways. Just because yeah. I'm I'm just not an early adopter. Plus, it, it it actually does pay to go back a lot of the times and and enjoy the the last generation of stuff. You know, being able to complete completely play. All the noteworthy games of that last generation. Even Souls. Yeah, like 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 he's, every time every time um, uh, someone mentions it, I want to play that one more and more. So, um, I guess I'll I'll switch gears here too while we're trying to get Josh back because I guess he dropped again. Um, I was gonna start on my oh. on my best of 2013 list. All of these games in this in this uh, list, I finished to completion. Oh, you have a top five list too. I have like a top nine list. I couldn't quite. Oh, God damn. But I'm are not, they all from 2012? They're Josh all from Mac? 2013. But I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna not talk about ones that we're either going to be talking about, or we're gonna have on a future episode or something like that. Um, and I also want to like preface it with games that I didn't get a chance to play this year. Now I know that's a huge list and stuff like that, but like ones that I actually own that I haven't gotten to yet. Like I haven't played Nino Cooney. I got it for Christmas. I wanted to try. Oh, Sam told me that. I, I I think I was involved in that decision. You were. Yeah, that's awesome. But either way, I have it, and I'm excited to put that in and play it. But I like it might have made my 2013. I don't know. I wouldn't know because I haven't played it or finished it. It's, right? it's so yeah. funny because I had sent uh, Miss Sam. Uh, like, does Ben have Nino Cooney? Because I, I was thinking about getting that for you, and she's like, uh, she already had it for Christmas. I was like, oh, damn it, Sam. Damn. Yeah, she texted me saying that she wanted she had a list of games that she was thinking about getting you, and I recommended one of them was Nino Cooney, and I was like, get him <laughs> that, because he's probably not going to get himself that. I got it, and I'm excited to play it. Cause... You bought it, or she bought it for you? She bought it for she me. Got it, she got it for me. She got Nino Cooney yeah. for me. Okay. I, 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 I suggested that, because I thought that would be something that you wouldn't actually buy for yourself. Yeah. A couple of other noteworthy ones that I didn't get a chance to either finish or play Kentucky Route Zero uh, give that one a try The Wolf Among Us which is the first part of the Fables Telltale game that's coming out 
I'm really excited to play a new, different type of Telltale game in the in kind of after having finished Walking Dead, which is going to be our next episode. Um, I'm excited about playing that form of game in a different world other than the zombie apocalypse Walking Dead crap. Um, we never actually went back and finished Gears of War Judgment. Someday we'll get we'll get to it. I know you guys want to, but I I mean, I that was not, not on my list. So with that, I was like down the line and talk about um, uh, number nine was Dead Space three. Top nine. It's the top nine. I couldn't find a ten. I don't. I didn't. I didn't finish. I don't think I finished ten. Ten games. Maybe I did. I get, I, I'm amazed that you played nine games from this year. I don't know if I did. Yeah. I, I didn't I play, play Chris. I, if it makes you feel any better, I didn't play any. <laughs> and actually, I think I put De- Dead Space. You didn't Space play any games from this year. Kind nope. of a lesser one because I kind of didn't really care for Dead Space Three as much as I like Two. So like, I don't even really want to spend much time talking about that one, or if at all. I'm just gonna go straight to number eight if you guys don't mind. I don't care. Go for it. Hey, so. Pay so pay- wait, wait, just real quick. Then you don't like Dead Space Three as much as two or three, two or one? Is that what you said? As much as two. I don't know if I like it more than oh. one. I think I like it a little bit more than one. Okay. All right. All right. Continue. Papers, please. Have any of you? You play that? Yes, I love Papers, Please. God, I want to play that. It's one. so messed up. So, like, do you know the concept of this one, Espy? Yes. No, I do. Oh. <laughs> 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 no, I do not. Know. I don't know the concept. Ben. All right. All right. Good enough. <laughs> so, pretty much, you're uh, you're like a uh, uh, like a booth attendant in uh, fake country. Okay. Uh, and like you are like a border patrol guard in this booth. And there's a lot, a long line of like people of immigrants trying to get in or travelers or anything like that. And you, <laughs> you ask for their papers and you get their, their passport and you have to like double check all their information and stuff like that. Um, but if you mess up in any way, you get written up by the, uh, by the very totalitarian government. And like that can, that can immediately affect how much money that your, that your family gets for like food or heat or like, you know, medicine or something like that that uh-huh. night. So, like, you have to be extremely careful, but you're also extremely uh, 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 strict on your rules about letting people into the country, uh, like with different passports and and um, uh, immunity badges and all these different di- things that you got to worry about. And there are like day specific stuff, and things can happen. Like there could be an outbreak, there could be a terrorist attack, there could be all sorts of things, and it's really kind of like kind of heartbreaking but it made me kind of think like holy cow like this is it, it's kind of an eye-opening game but it's all done in a very uh it, it, it the it, I, I wouldn't say 16-bit but it's very like old style graphics it's not it's not in any way looks like um a modern game at all oh wow i would definitely okay. check that one out it's it's so strange but uh that one it's definitely simple. got on my list what's, what's that the, the, I would say the art style is like simple. It, it, I don't even know that's necessarily trying to invoke something older. I think it's just. It reminds me of something I would have played in like uh, in elementary school on like one of the on, on one of yeah. the computer lab, like MS something on MS DOS or yeah something, something like those games. It probably it's simple yeah, for the fact sense. that it doesn't need to be anything more than it really well, needs to be. It sounds like a simple concept, and why do you need, you know. I don't know state of the art graphics for this. I think it's it sounds like the concept is pretty straightforward. So why do, does everything else need to look pristine about? It? I don't know. 
I don't, I don't know what the hell I'm going with it. Just just fucking go with number seven. I'm going to go with number seven, and I'm going to move quickly through this one because I think this one has to be experienced, and I don't want to talk much about it because I don't want to spoil anything for any of you guys, but it's the Stanley Parable. Okay. I feel like you guys would all love the Stanley Parable, every one of you. It is a first-person game. Uh, it's it's, right it's kind of reactionary. What was that, Josh? Oh, no, Josh, come back. It's kind of uh, got a sense of humor, like uh, Portal yeah, it's got the yeah exactly. There's a narrator in the game. You pretty much follow or don't follow, and you experiment with the different things in the environment. You're in kind of an office setting, or are you? You know, it's, all these different things can happen. But it, like it, I've played it. I played it long enough to like get different endings to the game because you can either end it right away or you can end it. You know, you can play for hours and hours and 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 keep it going and and see how much. Uh, detail they put into this the whole experience, but it, the Stanley Parable is a, is my number seven game. It's really cool. All right, sweet. We talked a lot about number, my number six game already with uh, with Josh making it his number three, I think. Tomb Raider. Yeah, that's his best, number three. Uh, best um uh uh what is it um arrow bone arrow uh, mechanics mechanics in, all year. <laughs> um, but but the worst uh. The worst, uh, probably, I'd say, like, switch from, like, having, like, a real touching, like, first time Laura kills and she's, like, freaking out. And then immediately after that, uh, yeah. tons of other people. Most, <laughs> so most narrative dissonance. Yeah, it was, like, a weird, like, shit. Like, she, like, has a complete mental breakdown after she kills the first guy. And then 30 seconds later, she's, like, Liam Neeson in taken just like <laughs> fucking people up right and left with no remorse whatsoever something just hit me just now josh by you saying that you know maybe maybe it does just turn off like a switch maybe the game is about her snapping all of a sudden like that first death affect her so much that now she's just turned into this like I mean, psycho psycho person i don't know i, I played enough of that to say that i, I think they could have just handled it better yeah they could they could have at least showed that i mean it's not Time period, I guess, as much as just that, like, there was no gap at all. No, she's been it's like, pretty weird. They try and explain how she can be so skilled by saying, by like the dude saying, like, oh, like, remember the hunting trip or whatever. It's like, why yeah. can't she just be trained? <laughs> trained, like, why can't she have just been in the like SAS or something? Like, why not? It's believable. She's rich, she probably is talented in many, many ways. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, no, that's fine. I, I, I was, I wasn't gonna. End of point. <laughs> oh, I I know, it just sounded like you're gonna go on for something, and I was just like, oh, okay, ah. it just ended. All right. <laughs> she, had, she had her motivation of going after the damsel in distress. It's her girlfriend or her. I, I feel like it's her lover, her friend, her girlfriend or whatever. Doesn't she have like some sort of? It's Samantha, in the in the game. What the fuck are you talking about? In the in Tomb Raider, she's going after her her girlfriend from the ship. They're like, is like, she her girlfriend? I I yeah. I didn't get to the end of the game. I don't know. I would say so. I don't know if like, agrees. But... I mean, is it obvious? No, it's very subtle. Okay, okay. All That's right. my perception. Hey, I, I don't know. That's anyway, what... go on. Did you wait? No, this is interesting. Did you get that perception, Josh? He just uh, dropped. He just dropped, he just dropped again. again. Continue on, Ben. Well, all right. It's fine. It's fine. I'm going to go on to five. All right. 
It involves Trevor. It involves Michael. It involves Franklin. Oh. Grand Theft Auto V. Yeah. That's your number five pick. It is my number five pick. I really liked Grand Theft Auto V. I really liked actually having kind of a more interesting kind of narrative in this one. I don't know. I, I guess I, I was more... It was fun to play as three different characters and be, to be able to kind of act like them, and specifically Trevor, like how I would I would react as if I was thinking I was acting like Trevor or if I was playing as Michael, you know. And I, I just, for some reason, I just, like, the story in this one uh, was way better than any, any Grand Theft Auto game I had played before. And that's one of the things I really appreciated about that one. Um, some of the situations, they took a lot that what they've learned from. Um, one of my favorite... Grand Theft Autos, which was Ballad of Gay Tony. In Ballad of Gay Tony, like, the characters weren't necessarily memorable, but the, the situations that you were doing, a lot of the uh, uh, action-packed, like, uh, helicopter flying, exploding missions and chases and stuff like that, a lot of that is kept intact for this one. And I'm happy to, I'm happy to kind of, I'm happy that, that, that it never got that boring. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the, missions that that you can get hung up on in a rockstar game and well in a game like grand theft auto like that open world kind of driving stuff you end up having to cart people around everywhere or it it all has to do with the mechanics of driving or delivering something or or picking up misty at the at the airport or whatever so it it becomes that kind of of thing and i and i know i i can hear i can hear chris squirming but at the same time it was just about what I don't know. I, I think I think I heard you go or something like that when I was talking. Oh no, no, I'm playing Doom. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. No, it's, it's cool. Uh, <laughs> I understand. Uh, so am I. So no, I'm just kidding. Um, I think I think uh, yeah. I but, but to get back to my point, yeah, I think I think it's there's enough there to to kind of keep me hooked and 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 going all the way to the end. I don't necessarily have a problem with how they portrayed the Trevor character. Did you guys finish the game at all? Uh, I did. I not. did. I, I haven't played right, it. I haven't played it at all. Josh, um, I think has completed it, but I think he has. No, 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 he didn't. He said he, he did. didn't. He, said oh, he, sorry, did. he did not. Okay. Yeah, he got his PS4. Well, spoiler, spoiler. I mean, do you want me to? Do, I mean, do you care if I spoil what they do with the Trevor character at all? No, not at all. It. it, if it I'll just say this. Spoilers. I don't know me, what a spoiler would be. Uh, the spoilers to me don't mean much. I mean, it's, it's not more the ending the, game. It's, it's it's just the experience for me. If it leads up to if it leads up to it, an awesome moment, then fine. It's it's awesome and it's well deserved. So go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I don't. A lot of people were having trouble with what with um with uh, uh, Trevor killing uh, the the people inside the apartment. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was like right on par with him because the first scene you see. Of Trevor, he's killing uh, Johnny Clevitz, the uh, the the biker main character that you play as in, in Lost the Damned. Like that's the first scene is him pretty much killing him. So like a lot of people thought, well, my Trevor wouldn't do that. My Tre-. no, no, Trevor would do what? like a lot of in, I, I a lot of people. I, I sit there and go, a lot of people did this. A lot of people did. You know what? I don't know who said that, but I know there was some sort of uh, uh, trouble with people like not understanding. That are not not really caring for Trevor in that way, but I thought the he's character, a fucking criminal. yeah, well, not only <laughs> he's, a, he's a tweaked, like chemically imbalanced criminal. Like I think he was just probably the perfect character you could put in an over the top rock star game like Grand Theft Auto. I mean, I will say I think what some people liked about him is he remained probably more consistent than Franklin or Michael in terms of whatever his own twisted morals were. 
Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he he never really he never really compromised with his own weird morals. <laughs> weird morals. Okay. And and, and, I, and I actually like a lot of the family stuff that happens with Michael in, in the game. Like a lot of the stuff with his daughter and his and his son. Yeah. And and how he's a nice little arc too. What's that? Has a nice little arc. Yeah, it was it, that that stuff's very interesting that I don't I don't normally get in in stories and games and I think that that theme runs through my my uh, uh, four through through top game this year, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, why don't I why don't I just move on to the the next ones because that that's kind of tying into that in some ways. It's stuff you just don't normally see in games. I really liked seeing that variety in these new games. So my number four, I'm gonna say, was Bioshock Infinite. And on top of that, I will include uh, Burial at Sea DLC, which which I got to play before the end of the year as well. Um, I, I did get that season pass for five bucks, which is awesome. So uh, I can't wait. Yeah, five bucks. It was a Steam sale. Five bucks for that season pass. So yeah, so you get oh, I didn't that. Shit. Yeah. Oh, um, dude. Barrel at Sea stuff is worth is worth a look. I, I, we'll talk more about that when we actually start talking about yeah. Bioshock Infinite. I don't want to give away too much, but I just the, uh, I know I know uh, Chris say you said something about how like there's a lot of info dump at the end of that game. How they just start giving away bits of the story and stuff like that, and the reveal, and and the. the... It's a lot about how that game is not nearly as good as what people say it is. That's what I said. But I, but I, I, but I, I would, I was, the only, the only reason I would disagree with it is because I don't normally see game worlds being built that look like that, or or game mechanics being done in such a way that that works that like that. I thought, regardless of how anyone feels about the story. And how like mind blowing they think it is or whatever. Yeah, I'm with okay. you there. Like it's not that crazy, but like the actual like mechanics and like the way the design and the art direction of that game is so ornamented and and so just beautiful. Uh, just the first moment you reach up into Columbia, hell, even before you even get to Columbia, that that, that first lighthouse you walk in, and uh, and 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 just getting out of the storm and the sound design is is just. As a whole package, it's. I don't think anything. Um, I don't. I, I think it, it. It has to be one of the best. There. There may be only one on this list that may have surpassed it. And I think you guys might know what it is. But we'll talk about that here in a second. Number three, surprisingly, not my nut number top number game. Even though back in August, I, I thought for sure this was going to be everything. My third favorite game was Gone Home. Oh wow! Nice. I uh I we're that's, on, gonna, that's on our list, isn't it? Yeah, it is it's on our one list. That's one of my picks here in the future. I'm not going to say anything else other than that. I think people should just go and experience it. If you have twenty dollars, or if you see it on a Steam sale before we talk about it, pick it up. I, I've I've tried to gift it to as many people as possible as I could. I just love this game so much, and and I can't wait to talk about it with you guys. But I see what you guys thought because it's not a traditional game. You don't play it in the same way a normal. You don't play it the way you would play a normal game. Mm-hmm. You're exploring it. And it's not a horror game. What? I wouldn't even go that far. Don't I, I wouldn't even reveal that yet. No, no, I'm saying it looks like it's a horror game, but I, I guess it's not. <laughs> I, I say it, it. I wouldn't even reveal that. I would just say just pick it up. Oh, really? It's, cause oh, it's, I'm sorry. I'm, well, I'm, the reason why I say because <laughs> it's, it's playing with your expectations. You think you're going to get something that you're not, or you, or that you do get something that you weren't expecting, and that's pretty much what, what, what this whole game is about. And I know you know the big twist... Uh, um, Chris, but I mean, I'm totally gonna say this for the for the show. So okay. All uh, right. Two. two is not on our list. I know. A little fact. Oh, go ahead. What were you gonna say? 
I was just say I know one little factoid. I'm sure I don't know everything. Okay, but yeah, I can't wait for you to to, to explore that house then, because that that's going to be a real crazy kind of kind of thing for you. I, I, I'm I'm excited to hear what you have to say specifically uh, about the mechanics, or, or not the mechanics, but just the uh, experience. The, uh, the experience of of coming out of that after about three or four hours in, um, which I'm if, worried about it. So, but I'm I'm excited to play it though. Yeah. Number two. It's not on our list. It probably should be. It's Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. Oh, I I played this in one setting. Uh, I'd say it's probably it's about like four to five hours. I couldn't put it down. Um, there's a specific thing that happens in the game that I can't I can't even stop thinking about when I think about games and stuff like that, and how this is the this the specific thing that happens in the game, and it's and it's directly at the end of the game. I um this kind of uh, storytelling and this kind of uh, um, imaginative uh, uh, situational kind of sequence can only be done in a game. Like if you were just watching a video of this happening in the video game, uh, like watching it on YouTube, you wouldn't be able to understand it the way you'd be able to play it. And that's specifically because in Brothers you control on one on one thumb. You control one brother, and on the other th- thumbstick, you control the other brother. You have to play it with triggers and thumbsticks in the game. And there's specific things, story-wise, that are unspoken that you do in the game that have to do with those mechanics. It was amazing. It was. It so was, you do like how that works, then? Loved how, how that like works. how that controls. I love the controls, and I loved how that worked. And then there are another time. It's a whole other time that it's playing with your expectations about what you think would happen. And something else happens, or you, or what you th- exactly think would happen. So I don't know. It, it sounds strange when I try to explain it without actually spoiling it. But I do think at some point, either make it a group pick, or we should talk about it, or just make it a special thing sometime where we just talk about the ending of Brothers. We could spoil it or whatever, because it's not that long of a game. So Brothers: Tale of Two Sons, my number two. I'm missing one. It's gonna, it's, it's gonna be free on PlayStation Plus. So I'll have a good excuse. To- Play it. We yeah, can talk about oh, absolutely. It yeah, if because it's free now on PlayStation Plus, and you have, and, and if, if anyone's got a PS3, get PlayStation it's Plus. Not free yet? I think it's going to sometime this month. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming to sometime in January, I think. So yeah. anyway, get it and, and try it out if you got PlayStation Plus because it's it's well worth your time. Um, but there's one missing, and I which one haven't I talked about at all? Last of Us. Yeah, that's the last of us. I like it. Same reason why I like uh, liked it for for uh, Josh's reasons. We're gonna have an episode all about it. You're gonna hear me complain about a lot of the mechanics and the times that you actually play, uh, the moments where you fight uh, certain, or when you sneak past certain clickers and crap like that. Um, I'm gonna be. I'll, I'll probably complain about that, and, and and that'll be like my only nitpick. But for the rest of it, like it's one of those that I can't necessarily explain it without without the context of, of having played it recently. Um, it's got so a great gonna, soundtrack. Yeah, and oh well, yeah, that's another one that's the sound design and stuff like that. The story, once again, plays with expectations. Certain certain things you think would happen don't necessarily happen. It's it's all the it's all the twists and turns of, of a TV series or or a really great movie or something like that. But in your own way, you're conflicted about it. In certain situations in the game, you feel conflicted about it because you are controlling Joel. Therefore, Joel is your avatar. Therefore, a lot of Joel's actions you may disagree with or don't feel is right. Um, but 
in the end, you're still the one in control, Joel. So I'll leave it at that because we're going to have that in a few in a few episodes here talking about The Last of Us. I really think that uh, people should give this game a try, especially if you've been playing games for a while. I think this is one of those that um, if you're a, if you're a newcomer to game games and stuff like that, this one might be a little might be a little difficult to, to get into. All right. I want to make one comment about that game, just because I haven't said anything about that game, and but I'm not going to say a lot because we're going to talk about it later. But I just want to say big props to that game um, for like setting up a really huge expectation for like what you what the journey you're about to go on at the beginning of the game, and for having a really really huge payoff at the end. I like. I agree. I know exactly what you're saying. In a, a generation of games where people expect a huge payoff, like I think this is the like the one game where everybody's on the same page, and it's just like great ending. It's like, like you gotta go big, you gotta heard, go big, and like it, I've not heard anybody complain about it. And I honestly think, in the grand scheme, and I think it's hard to do it in, in video game stories. I think it's hard to get it get right in any story, but perfect freaking ending. I'm not gonna say anything about it. Yep. Okay, then. I agree. Then, also, the best opening to a game. This is my last thing about... But the, the, I, once once I'm said best opening to the game and stuff like that, uh, I played it recently as Metal Gear Rising Revengeance or whatever. That thing is so ridiculous. I played the, maybe the first 20 minutes, and it's just... It's a it's a blast because of just how stupid, silly it is. <laughs> Everything from the dialogue to the dumb action, like being able to be like a regular little, little cyborg ninja and being able to pick up giant Metal Gear rays and stuff like that. It's hilarious. I saw that beginning on a quick look, so I know what you're talking about. Oh gosh, it's so it's so silly. Like I, it, I, it's, it, can't wait to play it. Yeah, I can't wait to play it just because just because it's gonna be hours and hours of just dumb. Like like you said before about talk when we were talking about Dark Souls. It's just dumb video game fun. Like that's all it is. I should have played that first, then DMC. Because uh, I'll say this. I'll just say a quick moment. Like when those both demos came out, I played both. I played DMC first and then went to Metal Gear Rising, and wow, I think I should have done the opposite because... Oh, uh, the controls are a little different or something? Uh, environment. The environment, like everything in, in, in with a hack and oh. slash, everything with a hack and slash environment, DMC, like for me, just capitalized everything, whereas Metal Gear Rising... Yeah, Metal Gear Rising was... Crazy. What was very yeah. static, and and the crazy aspect, even though you're this awesome ninja, it, it it felt lackluster to me, and I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, it was so bizarre because I was like, I was when I saw the previews from Metal Gear Rising, I'm like, wow, this looks crazy, batshit fun. Then and then I saw DMC, I was like, wow, this looks too. I'm like, these are gonna be two great games, and then I tried the demo for DMC. Then I went to Metal Gear Rising, and I'm like, wow, it was such a drastic change for me. I'm like, I'm more, I'm a big proponent for DMC than anything else. So, yeah, it's, I mean, those are just demos. Who knows? It could get better if I play the game further on. But, hey, that's it's just, it, it was just my first time experience. I haven't played the games full way, full way through, so I could have a different opinion by the you know, if I play both games all the way to the end, which I I know I'll play DMC for sure. So you're loud. I know, I know. I wait to play that one too. I'm looking for that one. So my list is a little bit different. I don't have a top 
five, top ten best of 2013 because, frankly, when I looked at the list of the uh, episodes that we did, those were pretty much the games I actually played throughout the year and had very little time to uh, go off the beaten path and play whatever I wanted to play. The only thing I've been very fortunate to do, I played a little bit of Kingdom Hearts HD, but that's actually on our list this year, too. And speaking of which, it kind of it's a nice little segue. One of the things I actually made a list, I like to call them side quests. And when I say side quests, I put that in quotation marks. And that's what I like to call the little uh, adventures, adventures that Ben Tien and, uh, and I do. So that actually made my list for you know the best of 2013. That's funny. That Ben and I start doing Cute. side quests. So... Yes, it's nothing against the, any of you guys, you know, Josh or Chris. It's just one of those you, things. It was, <laughs> He's mine. <laughs> <laughs> it was just one of those things. Like I, I, I have fun. I had a lot of fun uh, talking about Okami with you. Can we not have Chris in? <laughs> I, I see. We just can't. No, 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 no I'm messing with you. Uh, I just had, like doing that Okami thing with you, and I knew, and I had no oh, idea yeah. g- going into that game that it was going to be. A forty-hour game. I had no idea. You had no idea either. And just talking about it, you know, through text messages and Facebook, I really liked that. I just really liked our experience with it. And I and I go back and listen to that episode and think that wow, that was that was so much fun. Like I can't wait to just to do a little bit more exploring if we ever get the opportunity. And that's why you know, even though unfortunately you're having a hard time with Kingdom Hearts. I'm still really excited to get your opinion because you you're obviously new to this new to this franchise and I'm someone who's played it from the very get-go when it was originally released. So obviously I know the ins and outs of it, but getting your insight from someone who's new like 2013-2014, it's like to me I'm really excited. I I want that I want that feedback. And I and I and I I'm, I really can't wait. And that's why I'm like asking you like please no, you please finish it. I want you to f- experience the full thing, everything. And so I can't wait. I really can't wait. Uh my list isn't that big. Uh I had the Steam OS on here, which Ben you talked about. I'm not going to even go on about that at all. Uh, the favorite game that we reviewed in 2013 was Journey. Josh had made note of that. I can't tell you enough of high praises of Journey. I was really excited for the PS4 and Xbox One. It's just the whole hype about which console is going to be better. And then upon initial release, uh, I'm like Ben. I'm not an early adopter. But from what I can tell that I'm going to be a I know for a fact I'm going to buy a PS4 before I buy an Xbox One. Uh, because primarily, uh, one of my favorite franchises is actually going to be on the PS4. But even though it is going to be on Xbox One, but I, I, I'm more of a PlayStation fan in general. That's just me. And of course, E3, which is oh, E3 for me was, it, it, it almost seems like a given. Because, you know, it's, it's new games and all that stuff. But. Per, like for me, I had like a, a a few games that I wanted a like an official announcement, official sequel to. First off, it wasn't on my list, but I'm really happy that Star Wars Battlefront is actually coming out on the these next gen systems. Uh, I played the shit out of 
Battlefront 2 on Xbox. I had so much fun with that game. That was... I think I did a lot of the first one. I, yeah, I... Dude, I couldn't tell you how many times I played that game over and over and over. It was just so... I was addicted to that game. A nice surprise uh, from E3, which I can't wait to play with you, gents, if we ever get a chance to, is Plants vs. Zombies uh, Garden Warfare. That, I... I just remember wa- remember watching that preview, and I was thinking, "Oh shit, this is like ridiculous fun." It looks so is there much. Any date on that at all? I have not heard a date on it, man. And I've played and I've played Pop Caps, uh, Plants vs Zombies on like an, on an iOS device, and that's fun. But now that's actually you know you can co op with your friends uh, on these missions. I- I'm looking forward to it. Of course, Titanfall, uh, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, but the other two games that are on my list that I've always wanted a sequel um, after pl- uh, I've always wanted a sequel, well, was Mirror's Edge Two. Uh, after you know, after the first time I played that game, I really wanted more. And after our discussion, um, it just makes me more excited because the, we all agree that the potential that this game has is you know it has a lot of room for improvement but that's not to say it's uh the predecessor mirror's edge is just you know it's it's a it's not a bad game at all it's 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 fun it's beautiful and i can't wait to see what it's going to look like on these next gen consoles and and even pc and of course because i'm so in love with this franchise um uh, kingdom hearts 3 the original um like the official kingdom hearts 3 the Kingdom Hearts 2 came out in 2006, and there's always been a lot of like um, spin-offs, even though they contribute to like uh, this main storyline. But they all come out on like different platforms. They came out on like a Game Boy Advance, DS. Wait, wait, did you just say that that uh, the? I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm That's really fine. Sorry. Go ahead. Did, you said the first Kingdom Hearts came out in 2006. No, two. Kingdom Hearts 2 That's came out two. 2006. Maybe I said Kingdom. 2000. Oh, okay. You said Kingdom Hearts 2 came out in 2006. Yeah, yeah. That makes more sense. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry about that. No, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. No, I get I get a little jibber-jabber. But yeah, Kingdom Hearts 2 came out in 2006. And I, there, after that, there's been a bunch of like spin-offs, like side stories that kind of fill in the gaps. But they've all been on different, uh, plat- on different devices. And finally, that's one of the things why I'm excited is that fi- we get an, an official Kingdom Hearts 3 and it's been it's I've been waiting like seven like that's roughly about seven years right now it'll be seven years before we get like an official like official title and I can't you know watching that preview from E3 uh, I'm really excited and there was a tech demo it was was that that tech demo in Japan is was that the one Ben that link I sent you was that the tech demo from Japan that that Tokyo Oh, I can't what conference. I can't remember what conference it was. Oh, I feel bad. I should Tokyo be... Game Show? What's that? Yeah. Was it Tokyo Game Show? I think so. They had a tech demo of all, like, different atmospheres and what the game was capable of doing, the, the, the scope of it, when um, they uh, when Sora and Donald Goofy were, ride, were riding that train um, around that rock titan just to see the sheer scope of 
what that what the system was capable of and what the you know the developers came up with that made me much more excited and the look of the game too still I feel champions the same idea that the PlayStation 2 had with you know the Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 and I I'm I'm personally looking forward to it very much it's and I'm hoping it's also I'm just hoping it's not the same worlds because there are in some of the games the worlds do repeat themselves it's not the same level design but they're the same worlds. so I'm kind of hoping that uh, I'm not kind of I want I want new worlds to explore uh, Disney worlds even maybe offbeat Disney movies so what do you want to see uh let's see you, I mean I just I mean just what are you what's on your wish list like what's I mean is I mean it seems like I can't even think of Disney properties that they haven't touched yet. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, I, I'm in the minor. I'm probably in the minor about this, but I haven't seen a Jungle Book. I okay. just, I have, I, just to explore that jungle atmosphere. I'd be curious to see that. Even though we had a Tarzan, maybe that won't even happen because they had a jungle based level already. Mm. But I don't know. I've always been curious to see a Jungle Book world for some damn reason. I've always wanted that. I've always wanted to see Baloo and Bagheera and Khan. I you know something that could work that I just thought about? What? Because there's magic and there's kind of an environment that could take advantage of new technology. The Princess and the Frog. Oh. And like how gorgeous they could make that world look and stuff. Yeah. That's That's been, well, like I said, we're going to we're gonna talk about it. We got so many games that we're going to talk about here and there. But like that is one thing that I really love about Kingdom Hearts is that just the worlds and the way that different things look and stuff like that. How they make each each world look like their own kind of place or whatever, and they and they stick to that style of of of, uh, of that world. And I'm very happy with it. But you know, well, like I said, we'll get into that when we mm. talk about Kingdom Hearts. Oh okay. yeah, man. Well, I'll I'll help you through it, man. Don't worry. I got I got your back, dude. I ain't gonna leave you hanging. There's something. <laughs> there's some things I'm still like confused about the for 1.5 but i'm like oh man what the fuck is this <laughs> it's so bizarre well i that, that that concludes my list i don't like i said i don't have any big games um to announce that that are my 2013 um but i'm looking forward to the games that you guys have mentioned on your best best of list uh like bioshock infinite last of us uh, I'm really looking forward to oh, seeing. You haven't played that yet. I have not. I've. I actually got Bioshock Infinite when it originally came out. One of the reasons why, since I knew we we're going, I'm pretty sure I was like, I figured, well, we're going to do an episode for Bioshock Bioshock Infinite, but I. So I got the uh, one. You haven't played it yet. No, you man. Save yourself sixty. <laughs> well, I, I I only pay like thirty something because I use some of my Amazon credit money, but anyway. And plus, I got the soundtrack too, so I couldn't complain. Soundtrack's really nice in that as well. But uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to those games very much, very much so. <sighs> well, fellas, Woo-hoo. that will. What do we got next? What's coming? Well, our next episode, episode 33, is. Hi, Erica. How you doing? Yeah, she says hi. By the way, episode thirty-three—you just interrupted the show. <laughs> episode <laughs> episode thirty-three is the Walking Dead. That is a listener's choice. 
And our listener, this listener's choice is a good friend of ours, Ben Kuzmitz. He will be on the show to talk about this game. Yay! So we're looking. I'm looking forward to it. I've just fi- I finished episode three, and I'm in episode oh, four. And I am in Savannah right now with uh, Omid and amongst other folks, too. So we'll see how that plays out. But right now, it's really good. Spoiler alert. I like it a lot. It's very... There's been some nerve-wracking choices. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And I've replayed a... I'll just say I replayed a scenario because a character did get killed off, but I wasn't, like, sure... It was a it was a choice of mine, or that was part of the story itself. So I had no control over that. But uh, there were times I was like, "No, I want this person to live," and there was no way of that person living at all. I was like, "Fuck!" So it's always a bummer. But yes, I'm looking forward to having that discussion with all five of us with within probably the next couple of weeks. I imagine uh, Ben, how Ben, you already beat it. Uh, yeah, I'm done with uh, Walking Dead, yes. And I also have the 400 Days, and I finished the first episode of Season 2. Oh, wow. Awesome. Oh, man. I'm, I'm all caught up on the Walking Deads. All <laughs> of it. Because I, 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 I was in. I mean, once again, uh, yeah. You played it a long time ago. Uh, no, I actually played it over Christmas. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Oh, then, damn. I started it sooner than any of you guys. It, and wow. we're way ahead of you. <laughs> I, I actually bought the first episode, I think, within, God, before the second episode came out, I think. I just took me a long time to get back to it. Well, guys, for all co-op mode, I'm sorry, that's a horrible segue, but I am deadbeat tired. <laughs> I am deadbeat tired, and... This... Magic, uh, magic, magic edit. Yeah, and, and editing, I have some serious editing to do. Anyway, uh, for all co-op mode reviews, you can find us on Facebook... And on Twitter, right. you can send us email at co-op-mode-reviews at gmail.com. You can find all our episodes are streaming at co-op-mode-reviews.com. Or if you want to download our episodes, we do have episodes available on iTunes. Please do rate us, leave a comment. We don't accept anything less than five stars because that's how awesome we are. But yes, if you if you have the time, please rate us, give us a comment. What do you like about the show? What don't you like about the show? We're always open to feedback, and plus, we're always to we're always open for gaming with you guys. We're pretty vocal about doing stuff on three on the Xbox 360, the PC, and all that good stuff. Oh, that was ticklish. Anyway, <laughs> we, oh god. Anyway. Well, that, 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 shit. <laughs> anyway, uh, you, you guys, you gentlemen, uh, I love you guys very much. Oh, fuck, this is gonna sound awkward. And, uh, to those who are listening, uh, thank you for tuning in, and we will be back with episode 33, The Walking Dead, special guest Ben Kuzmitz. We love you guys. Peace out. Bye. See you later. Deuce.
Welcome to Co-op Mode. I'm Mike Espy. I am Josh Ackerman. Uh, I'm going to go next. I'm Ben Teed. Happy 2014. Who else do we got here with us? Uh, Christopher. Is he going to talk? You're on mute, man. You're on mute. Happy 2014, Christopher. You're off to a great start. I don't think I'm on mute. Can you hear me? <laughs> the power of Christopher compels you. Chris, you're live, you're live on a podcast right now. I don't know if you knew that. You were Nobody talking for the last half hour, and now you're fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Christopher, are you there, buddy? I can hear him. I can hear him. Hold on. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Perfect. I, I didn't do anything different. All I did was unplug and plug back in my mic right there. <laughs> you are weird. Oh, my god. You can still hear me? Yeah. Okay, I don't know what happened. By the way, people, that's Chris Lowe. Hi, Chris. How you doing? 